Welcome to the Homeschool High School Podcast, brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I'm Vicki, and I am so excited to have one of our old friends with us today. So today we have Dr. Melanie Wilson of the Homeschool Sanity Podcast. So Melanie, say hey to everybody and kind of jump in there and tell a little bit about your family Okay, I am happy to do that. So glad to be back with you, Vicki. It's been a yeah, little while. It's been a while. Yeah, so I started off as a Christian psychologist. Then I had my kids and I felt called to homeschool them. And so I have been doing that for more than 20 years now. <laughs> and I was so disorganized in my efforts to homeschool at first that I created a process by which I could get myself organized after I learned the fundamentals. And then after I did that, I created an elementary language arts curriculum. So that's been keeping me busy. But all along the way, I have had six kids that I've homeschooled. I have four graduates now, which is amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. And I have two that I'm still homeschooling who are in high school. That is so exciting. So you have lots and lots of years of, of homeschooling and expertise. And I tell you, if you haven't discovered the Homeschool Sanity podcast, make sure you discover it because Melanie covers everything on it. <laughs> One of the things years ago, I, I would start each year with her organizational challenges and she would kind of lead everybody through some challenges for getting things like tidy. I, I remember going through closets or something like a few <laughs> years ago. <laughs> so I, uh, I appreciated that, but mostly your gracious wisdom about homeschooling and understanding kids. And it was just a, a blessing to me all the way through. So thank you. Well, that is very sweet. So today we were going to talk about teens and screen time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, I know like when you get ready to talk about something, it's because you've been working on it for a while. So <laughs> tell, tell me what's, <laughs> what's been on your mind. Well, Screen time was a struggle for me as a stay-at-home mom, as a homeschooling mom, hmm. really for years and years. And it's it's been something that I've had to continuously evaluate in my home. And now I have homeschoolers asking me more about it. I think it becomes really another challenge to deal with when our kids become teens. Yeah, yeah. And they have more independence, more maturity, uh, but maybe more of a desire even to spend time on screens. Yeah. And I started sharing online about how my perspective on this topic has changed over the years. And I am not saying that my change in perspective is the right one. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's something that our listeners today should consider for themselves and whether or not it's the right approach for their family. 
Well, I, I appreciate that because there's not one right way to homeschool or parent, but sometimes we just need a fresh thought and it helps us recalibrate. So what, what have you been thinking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me just say that I started off my parenting as a new homeschooler with the idea that it was my job to protect my children from every evil influence everything that could lead them astray, everything that there was evidence had led other kids astray. (laughs) You know, I'm going to do it right. And my kids are going to turn out better than I did. Um, You know, avoid all of the wrong paths that I went down. I I can so relate to that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, when it came to dealing with screens, I mean, I still remember when family members were kind of ganging up on me, encouraging me to give my kids video games to use. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And, you know, it would be easy for me to look back at that decision, which we did make the decision to get them video games and say, oh, that was terrible. (laughs) If only we hadn't have done that, you know? Um, But I really don't see it that way. Uh Even though games introduced new decisions that Mm -hmm. had to be made and those Mm -hmm. decisions had to be made over and over again. So, you know, I have had to make new decisions with respect to screen time every time my kids' circumstances change mm-hmm. every time, you know, they reach a new developmental level, mm-hmm. every time the technology changes. Yep. And, you know, at first, as I was saying, I felt like I had to police everything and have rules mm-hmm. for everything. Mm-hmm. And I was really struggling because enforcing a lot of rules is very time consuming and energy draining. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I remember you telling us years ago, one of your philosophies was relationship before rules. And Mm -hmm. when you get too many rules, there's no time for relationship. That is absolutely true. And what happened was one of the principles, which I know you will be familiar with, Vicki, that I realized I live by this principle, or I did in my counseling, Mm-hmm. And I was violating that in my parenting, especially of teens. Uh-huh. And that is that I was working a lot harder than my <laughs> kids were to, yeah. yeah, I know why you're laughing, but yeah. I, you know, I was doing all the work uh-huh. to help them manage this time. Yeah. And, you know, as a therapist, I didn't, you know, go home with my clients and check to make sure that they're doing the right things, you know, that they're doing all the, all their homework, um, you know, and then giving them consequences if they don't and, and all of that. And, you know, I just want to clarify that I am in no way suggesting that we don't protect our younger kids Mm -hmm. from inappropriate content or Mm -hmm. from, obsession with Mm -hmm. screen time. I I do believe that that is our job Mm -hmm. as parents of young children to enforce limits. Just like, you know, I'm not going to let my child eat 
a gallon of ice cream for dinner. I'm not going to let a young child stay up all night playing Mm -hmm. games with strangers on the internet. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. But when your child matures and, you know, that's going to be different for every child, you know, Mm -hmm. I know 17 year olds who are extremely immature yeah. And I know 12 year olds who I would put in charge of my yeah. house, you know, yeah. Yeah. so that that maturity level really varies. Mm-hmm. And if I have a child who is mature, or even how about this, uh, for that matter, if I have a child who will soon be leaving my home, mm-hmm. because they're going to be going to college, mm-hmm. I want to transfer more and more of the responsibility for life management, habit management to my child. I I just can't do it. And so, you know, one of the things that I was attempting to do was install all of these apps on my computers. And, you know, I have six kids, so, (laughs) and a husband who works out of my home and I use Mm -hmm. the internet all the time. And that, you know, I had a kid who is doing college classes versus kids, you know, young kids who have no business looking at certain websites. And it was a nightmare. I mean, Mm -hmm. nothing was working, just nothing, you know, and I would spend all this time researching. It's like, there has to be an app that makes it easy for me. And I never Mm -hmm. found it. I just never found it. Yeah. And so I really didn't change what I was doing. Instead, I just became more comfortable with it. I let go of the idea that I could control all of my kids' screen time and protect them from Mm -hmm. any possible evil influence. And instead, turn to God um, to trust him with it. And I put that responsibility on my kids. And I will tell you, Vicki, that I don't regret that at all. Uh-huh. Not at all. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and they have to be able to grow up and manage their safety and wisdom in the digital world. So they, they have to start taking responsibility. But I bet you, you were also a mentor and a communicator. Like I bet you talked to them about internet safety and things like that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I will tell you something that happened with my oldest son that it had me thinking about my philosophy and how I was communicating with my kids. Mm-hmm. My son said to me, mom, if the kids see pornography, they're going to freak out <laughs> because, <laughs> because of the way you talk to them about it. He said, I don't think they're going to tell you. Yeah. And I was like, uh-huh. oh, okay, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I think you're right. You know, I have just been so, you know, paranoid about it and so worried and upset instead of realizing that the likelihood that my kids are going to see something pornographic if they spend any mm-hmm. time on screens is 100%. Yep. It's it's True. not that if I just do it right, they'll never see it. No. 
Ah, it's no, that will not work. It will not work. And so instead I realized that my job was not to protect them 100%, but to educate them so that, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Talk about that. So, you know, I, I spoke with each of my children when I felt like they were ready for this conversation about sexuality. And I explained Mm -hmm. that sex is a beautiful thing when it is Mm -hmm. within the context of marriage. And the second thing that makes it beautiful is when it is private. Making sex public destroys its beauty. And so I just explained that there are people who want to make sex public and they want to take it out of the context of marriage for which it was created. And so they are going to see those kinds of images and, you know, presentations. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to decide that you're not going to keep looking at those images. And then I explained why. Um, And I think Mm -hmm. um, it has... I'm going to say, Vicki, that it has shocked me to read some homeschoolers' um, beliefs about pornography, that it does not harm children, that it is okay as long as, you know, they're not on a website that's going to charge, you know, steal money from their credit Mm -hmm. card. I mean, seriously, I have seen this more than once where Mm -hmm. um, these these homeschoolers believe that it's fine for for kids to get an education about sex via pornography. And even if you are not a Christian as these homeschoolers were not, um, Uh it is so important to recognize that pornography is every bit as dangerous as um, meth and fentanyl and Mm -hmm. any of these other Mm -hmm. drugs that are so addictive. And what we have found now, you know, some people are going to say, no, 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 we don't, we don't see that, but we do. We see that men and women who become addicted to pornography have a very difficult time having a normal, healthy sexual relationship with their partner. Um, and, and it really can destroy more than a marriage relationship. It can destroy, um, focus. It can, you know, just like drugs, (laughs) it can take so much from you. Yeah. And that's, I've seen that as a counselor, you know, people who have become addicted to pornography have a harder time with real life relationships, but also staying present because any, and you mm-hmm. just in life, any addiction steals your presence, your focus, your, your ability to manage anxiety. That's just part of mm-hmm. addiction. And the, the porn affects your reward center and makes that kind of stuff happen, unfortunately. Right, right. So it's it's so important that, you know, we don't avoid the topic thinking that if if we just put the right protections in place, then we never even have mm-hmm. to have a real discussion about yeah, pornography. Yeah. We absolutely do. Yeah. Just as we have to, I'm going to pivot a little bit, just as we have to have mm-hmm. a real discussion about evil in this world. Mm -hmm. You know, what I Mm -hmm. explained to my kids is that most people are not going to try to lure you into meeting you somewhere so that they can abduct you. (laughs) 
Uh, most people yeah. are not going to do that. Most people are just yeah. wanting to play a fun video game with you um, online. Yes. But there are a few very, very dangerous people who spend time mm -hmm. online specifically for the purpose of soliciting young people and, um, yes. you know, for, for evil purposes. And, and you don't have to go, yeah. you know, go into detail to freak your poor kid out. Yeah. But, but yeah. you have to help kids understand because our kids, and this is, this is maybe a little bit controversial, but I feel like my own children and most homeschoolers I know have led such an idyllic life. We have given them oh, incredible lives. I would have loved to have had yeah. my kid's childhood. It's been amazing, right? <laughs> um, but because of that, it's harder for them to believe that people can yeah. be as evil as they are capable yeah. of. Um, and so you have to explain, you have to protect yourself. You cannot give other people details about your life when you don't know yeah. if the person is being honest about their gender, about their age, about their location, any of it. Um, yeah. and yeah. so I do have, I do have rules for that in my house. Of course, if I found out that mm -hmm. any of those rules had been violated, uh, there would be a swift response, but even so I'm not going to be able to protect my kids until they're 40 years old, right? Yeah. <laughs> so right. they have yeah. to buy in to what mm -hmm. we are saying. They have to buy into the fact that let's just make it, you know, less dramatic that, you know, spending eight hours a day um, and all night long playing video games is not good for them. It's not going to help them meet yeah. their goals. If they don't buy yeah. it, then you're going to have a very hard time, no matter what you choose to do about it. And that's that, you know, as parents, that's the hard thing these days because it's it just digital is so pervasive. It's how they learn and, you know, where they're entertaining themselves. And now with the pandemic, mm -hmm. a lot of their social life. And so that it can be so addictive just being on the screen. And we parents can get right down mm -hmm. to the same thing also is just be stuck on our screens mm -hmm. because they are very mm -hmm. addictive. And that's such a good point, Vicki. And, you know, what I think is really important is that we don't shame our kids for feeling drawn to screens. Uh -huh. They're designed to do just that, to keep us watching, playing, interacting. Mm -hmm. That's how they have been designed mm -hmm. to take advantage of our psychology and knowing yep. that isn't going to help us, you know, have good um, boundaries for it, but it does help us to know that it's not just like a lack of character, you know, that we're, right. that we're struggling. And yeah. I think kids need to know that. And we need to treat them yeah. as though, you know, this is, this is a modern day challenge that we all have to grapple with. Yeah. And to, to make sure we have time to do other things as a family, like get outside and take a walk or go on some kind of family adventure or, you know, give them times where life is pleasant outside of the screens. Mm -hmm. So it gives their brains a little detox, but that's if we don't do it as a relational thing, mm -hmm. then, then it becomes where the hard task, you know, authoritarian people. Right. So 
for us parents, we can look judgmental or we can look caring. Mm -hmm. I like that. Very good. So what resources for parents and encouragement have you run into that uh, can kind of help us keep a healthy view on parenting teens and managing screens and all that? (laughs) You know, I have to say that I really, I don't have a whole lot, except I can recommend Focus on the Family. I think Focus on the Family does a very good job of not being overly legalistic. Um, You know, Uh looking for signs that your child has a problem and then um, intervening in, you know, the best Mm -hmm the best way that the best relationship maintaining way. Um, I did uh, do a blog post recently on teen screen time where I give parents some links to some articles that can help them, um, you know, consider um, some issues that are problematic with respect to screen time. And then if they really feel that they must have some kind of uh, a tech solution as part of their overall plan, then I give them a list of those things to consider as well. So I'll put links to that post in the show notes. One of one of my favorite resources is Leah Neiman's website. And she just has information for parents about different apps that are out there and how to uh, find things that, that apps and, and engagement and things like that that are positive for teens. And uh, so she has a lot of wisdom and advice to offer there on that too. Well, anything else that you would like to share about that? Because I want you to talk about Grammar Galaxy for a minute, which is a total different direction. Yeah. But. Yeah. So that's a different end of the spectrum because Grammar Galaxy <laughs> is language arts that is for elementary students. So I'm currently mm-hmm. working on the seventh grade volume. So it will go through eighth grade when that series is complete, Uh, but it is story-based. It is um, like the rest of my philosophies about homeschooling and parenting. It's not heavily rule-based. It's fun. Mm -hmm. And it it doesn't demand that students do voluminous exercises and drill and kill their enthusiasm for language arts. That was my my real struggle in my own homeschooling. I just couldn't understand why my kids hated English so much. <laughs> um, so yeah, yes. you know, and even even strategies like songs, uh, which I thought was actually quite brilliant songs to teach uh, like grammar concepts. They were like, please, no, don't play them. <laughs> and so I realized that there had to be a better way to teach. And so that is what came out of uh, my experiences, you know, using the best part of language arts, which is story, to teach all of those yeah. concepts. So even including writing. So that's Grammar Galaxy. And then, of course, I have the Organized Homeschool Life, the book and planner, which gives you 15-minute challenges for getting your homeschool and life organized. And then my more recent book is A Year of Living Productively, which will help you as a homeschooling mom, um, kind of find the best formula for your own productivity and getting important things done in your homeschool. And that, that is a marvelous, marvelous resource. And we have actually talked about that maybe about a year ago on one of the episodes. So I'll link to all these things 
And uh, I was just really sad when Melanie came out with Grammar Galaxy because all of my kids were out of elementary school. And like <laughs> we struggled through the boring language arts curriculum. And then here finally is a fun one. Yeah. So I, I highly recommend those for parents who have high schoolers but still have the elementary kids. All righty. Well, I think we probably better wrap this up. Melanie, thanks for taking time for a recording today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a joy. Yeah. So this has been the Homeschool High School podcast brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. We'll see you next week. over and over again as um hey Vicky yeah <laughs> can you hear can you hear all this noise down here no what's what's going on okay okay well I can start over <laughs> no no that's you know what is is we are so used to Kim and her seeing eye dogs or okay, husbands okay. walking through the room you know oh, with a cup of coffee gosh. and a sandwich like this is no homeschooling idea. I had no idea. So we have, we have my, my niece's fiance over here helping us with some plumbing issues. And it's uh-huh. like, <laughs> as soon as I think it's, it's going to be fine. Um, yeah, then it's getting even louder. So no, this um, is, this is okay. really, Hey, you know what? I live out near a uh, uh, military proving grounds Okay, and they're, they're, they're doing bombing today oh. out there. So every <laughs> once in a while you'll hear a boom. In the yeah. Background, so. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna, okay. So I, I think I know where I can start. Okay. <laughs>